everybody. Um, Zyrene Lim from Dovetail Coaching Solutions. Today, we've got a guest with us and um, his name is Paul Ward. Now, Paul is based in the UK and he has been, he and I have been friends for about two years since we did our training together as NLP trainers. And Paul is actually the founder and director of Blacktop Coaching. Um, his company provides services for personal development, whereby he coaches both businesses as well as individuals. Paul has an extensive background in management, both in role in the role and on an advisory bases. Tell me when I, I when I correct me if I'm wrong. Um, his coaching is actually a no nonsense basis coaching. So I'll leave it to Paul to elaborate further on what he does. Thank you, Irene. And um, it's very nice to be here talking to you, as always. Um, but yes, you pretty much summed up um, what I do right now. So a mixture of executive coaching, life coaching, personal development coaching, along with training, um, as you rightly said, from two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, that we uh, um, first met on our train trainer course in, uh, in Thailand uh, for our NLP training. And I do a lot of NLP training here in the UK, um, as part of my business um, so so yeah and my background as as you mentioned um, was predominantly in retail working in retail in management building up lots of experience of working with a wide range of people um, and also serving a lot of, a wide range of people in the UK serving in in uh, in retail environment you do experience all different forms of life um, and uh, learn how to communicate at different levels. So, so it's pretty much what led me to coaching and, and to where I am now. So uh, let, uh, tell me how, or let the listeners know, how, how is your coaching style? How do you actually do your coaching? Um, it's, it's, a, it's something that's evolved over time. So I've been full-time coaching for um, three or four years now. And I had that moment at the beginning of my coaching career where I felt I should have a structure, a plan in place in which I would take my clients. And I did that um, early thing of writing down questions before I went in with a client and realized I didn't ask any of those questions. And that kind of fed what is now my style, which is um, the client leads. Uh, and whatever the client wants to talk about um, will take us to where we need to be. And so my style is very much build rapport, understand the needs of the client. Um, often uh, that takes a bit of conversation because they tell you what they uh, feel is going to be the thing that they need. But um, through listening to their language and the slightly deeper structure behind it, we discover that actually there's some other blocks there that need to be worked upon. So I allow my clients to work through that in the first instance so then we can decide what path to take as opposed to having a, a set out plan that I will do certain techniques or use certain tools. So it's quite a flexible approach. Um, but I guess to sum it up, yeah, client led, definitely, without a doubt. Because today, but you are, as it is client led, and today we are going to be talking about how to overcome, how people can overcome their subconscious blocks. Mm. Now, you and I both trained to be trainers two years ago in Thailand. And you know, we both have gone through our personal um, personal challenges in a way. Um, you know, you have gone through yours personal, and so have I. And obviously, we have. You can hear my dog. 
this, this is, yeah. Yeah, you know, recorded at home. Sorry, guys, it's because of NCO and the COVID. Um, let me continue. Because we have gone through our personal experiences, we all, obviously we can recognize right now, we can recognize what our challenges are and be able to overcome our challenges. That's the advantage that we both have. For those who've gone through NLP training, for those who've gone through the basic training and the master's training. Um, and the, the training itself for either doing basic uh, NLP is actually creation of awareness of who we are and how we can actually deal with the, uh, with the blocks that we are faced right now. Um, so you've already explained the root of, now I would say, how did you actually come about to um, transition from where you are in retail into a coach um, and a trainer? You partner up, uh, you are actually partnering up with Magenta Coachings as well in the UK. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it was an interesting path. Um, and as you rightly say, not all of us have a straightforward, no-nonsense opportunity just to slide across the uh, the path of life and end up exactly where we want to get to. It doesn't happen that way. Um, and, you know, even though we may aim that way, of course, it ends up being a bit more like this. So, so yeah, I was in retail um, developing um, a, a, a real interest in developing my people, uh, which led me to reading an awful lot of self-help books, convincing myself I was reading self-help books to help the people in my team. But of course, I was taking on the learnings myself and realizing I had some well, some plenty of work to do on myself. Um, and um, through that time, I was raising a, um, a young family. So I stayed in retail for quite a while. But through my NLP training, I first trained as a practitioner in 2012, after meeting uh, Bevis Moynin of Magenta Coaching Solutions. Uh, I met him just a, a, at a seminar on social media, of all things, um, and very few people I'd met actually knew what NLP was at that stage. So I suddenly found myself sitting across the table with somebody who introduced himself as an NLP trainer. So I, I got chatting with Bevis. Um, he and I started a journey from that point onwards where he trained me in, in the Motivational Maps tool, which uh, I'm sure I'll mention a few times throughout this morning's uh, chat. Um, and also, as, as, I, as I say, an NLP practitioner. Um, however, it wasn't that I suddenly took my practitioner course and, and then became a coach. I went back into retail. I had to for, for a, you know, um, earning, a, earning a crust, as it were, um, and continued through the same situation with my master prac. Um, but it's after my master practitioner course in NLP that I believe that I had the capability and awareness to become a coach in order to help people. And it was the first time um, through my breakthrough session, delivering my breakthrough session at the end of that week, that I, that I was able to stand up and introduce myself as a coach with a feeling of congruence behind it. Um, and then I carried on um, working, doing different things, starting to pick up clients. And then I started to co-train alongside Bevis. Um, both as a support coach to begin with. And then one day I turned up for an uh, introductory day into NLP that Bevis was putting on and there was a spare seat at the front because his co-trainer um, was having problems getting there and was um, not able to turn up. So he looked at me and said, well, you might as 
we'll sit there for the day. Uh, and that kind of set me off on the journey of becoming a co-trainer with Bevis, <clears throat> delivering uh, practitioner courses, master practitioner courses. And then July 2018 is when I made the decision. Well, wouldn't it be good instead of being a, a sidekick to Bevis that I'd actually take on the trainer's training certification and, and head off to Thailand? Uh, and we've continued ever since, but of course, with a slightly different feeling that we we are co-trainers in the true sense. We bring all our clients separately to, together now under the umbrella of the Magenta Coaching Solutions. And it was two weeks ago we were able to deliver our first in-person NLP practitioner course since February because of the pandemic. We had a small group with uh, the necessary procedures in place and it's just wonderful to get back in the training room and and seeing people start to identify these subconscious blocks because I think many people um, first of all aren't aware they have them um, and then they need to become aware that it's possible that they may have them and then they start to discover oh yeah I'm aware now of what this thing is and I now need some support to help get rid of it. So that's kind of bringing you up to date as to where I am right now. So explain uh, before we dive into um, the topic of overcoming our subconscious blocks. Um, explain to the listeners um, what actually is the subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, the subconscious in general, um, or a subconscious block. Well, so uh, we we often have this. Say again, sorry. Let's put it widely. What what a subconscious does for us? Um, how it actually. Um, how it actually changes us um, or behavior. That, uh, you know. Sure. We, we often get presented with a question in our training, what's the difference between a subconscious and the unconscious? And, and our response is pretty much the same thing. Um, it, is, it is what's going on in your mind without you having to think about it. So such as we're not now having to think about our heart pumping or our blood moving around our body or our cells regenerating. The unconscious mind takes care of that. And also um, in our world of NLP, we would talk about the prime directives of the unconscious mind. So it's there to protect us. So it will be aware of patterns, signals, triggers that would remind us of past events. And so it um, does a pretty good job of just closing down our thinking when we get close to any of those to protect us, because that's its main purpose is to keep us safe. Um, now, that's very useful if if uh, if the thing it's trying to keep us safe from will cause us actual danger. Um, but when it's preventing us from stepping out of our comfort zone because of a negative experience from the past that caused us a level of discomfort, um, humiliation, or sense of failure, the unconscious mind will direct us in a different way so we don't take on those challenges. And in those situations, we find that, um, well, I certainly find with my clients, that when they are considering their next level within their career or their business or their relationship, just becoming the better version of themselves, they're finding themselves stuck and it's usually a subconscious block that is preventing them from making that move. Um, so that's that's the first step is, is identifying where that subconscious block is uh, because it's unconscious, so therefore they wouldn't have been conscious of it, but up until the point until we start talking about it. So um, I guess a really good example that I had recently was on the practitioner course where a lady and I were... Um, we were having a bit of a conversation on day three, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And 
um, I'd noticed throughout the course that she was accepting of everything we were talking about, but just seemed, frankly, just a little bit disengaged. Um, and I spoke to her at one session and she said, well, it just, she said, I think I've, I've dealt with all this. She said, I think I've been through um, quite a few bits of therapy and counselling and coaching. I think I'm okay, so I'm not sure why I'm, each time you're asking me to search for something, she said, there's nothing there. But day four and day five, she found something. Uh, and I think that's that's how it goes, that actually by asking the right questions in the right situations, you realise that, you know, we've all got, you and I will find the odd subconscious block that we were unaware of until a conversation leads you in that direction. And I'm sure you find that when you're talking with clients in your work, um, and I certainly do in my work, that as they're explaining stuff, my unconscious mind starts saying, maybe you should take a look at that, you know, and it just gives you that that opportunity to explore it. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like the gift that keeps on giving the unconscious mind. Yeah, because I, I know when I sit with my client and they start talking to me and telling me what, what they're going through, and I'm in my mind, I'm going, oh, yeah, maybe that's the one I have to face as well. Because it's often experienced is that um, you reflect or you mirror your client or the client mirrors you. So it's always often you find things that, ah, maybe this is something that I need to look at, um, yeah. which I'm not aware of consciously. But of course, as soon as somebody brings it up, it becomes conscious. It becomes like, you know, a forefront in your conscious mind. Um, and... Um, Obviously, you and I have had our, um, I mean, you've coached me as well. You've been to KL. Um, you've uh, trained me motivational maps. Uh, mm. And you've also done a little bit of coaching on me. Now, listeners, one thing that uh, coaches also have is that we also have coaches behind us. In order for us to move forward and to progress, we also need coaches. Um, not only the ordinary people who are not coaches, but also coaches need other coaches. Um, so would you actually also say that a subconscious is, is what uh, creates our behavior as well? Absolutely. And it's, as, as you and I know, with the NLP communication model, there's a slide that um, when we put it up on our training uh, Bevis and I look at each other because we know we could probably spend two days with just that one slide up in order to be able to explain so much of, of what goes on because it is all about the unconscious mind. So, so many people and clients will come to me telling me what the external event is that's causing them to behave the way they are behaving. And it's almost like that's the first step in order to help people understand what a subconscious or unconscious mind is. Um, because, of course, the external event comes in and through our deletion, distortion and generalization of the world atlas out there, we then put it through our own filters of, of our mind, of our memories, our uh, um, uh, decisions we've made in the past, our personality, our, you know, our parents and everything else that comes with it um, in a split second the external event is being processed through that filter in order for it to create a state within us, which again leads to a physiology, which ultimately leads to our behavior. And by being able to demonstrate that to a client um, or to somebody on a training course, to allow them to at least accept 
that the external event is nothing more than the trigger to the behavior that they display. So therefore, going through their lives, fighting, working hard, driving to change the external world is just going to exhaust them and lead them to feeling the way they're feeling. But it's far better for us to do some work on looking at what's going on with the filters, the, the unconscious mind, because then we process the external event in a very different way, which leads to very different thinking and behavior as a result. And, and I think that if I had a moment with each client and a slide, that would probably be where I would start just to be able to help them. Cause we've had a, we still smile about it as a guy that came on a course um, two years ago and it took him three days to accept that there was such a thing as an unconscious mind. Uh, he was a lovely guy, hugely intelligent, uh, really successful, unhappy in his business, but successful. Um, and the concept of an unconscious mind was something that, yeah, took him three and three and a half days. When during parts integration was the first time he thought there's something else going on here that I'm not in control of. And that must be my unconscious mind. So, you know, and that's quite common, you know, it's quite common, isn't it? So. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you something a little bit uh, personal. Um, because you're, you're from a corporate background, from a retail background. What personal challenges and personal blocks did you experience? Because when you transitioned from a um, fully employed, getting your pay and salary and everything into something completely different, um, having your own business, running your own um, coaching business, what are your personal challenges that you were faced with? What are your unconscious blocks? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's interesting as well, just to backtrack a little bit when you're talking about coaches needing coaches. Something we've started doing recently is to um, put together, a, a build a community of coaches around us, people who've been through our training, because there's a lot of people who are on the journey that I've now been through in that they are still employed and wanting to transition to full-time coach. So it's great that you've asked that question because it's a lot of what I talk about with them. I do a lot of coaching and training of other coaches or people who have an aspiration to become a coach. And on a personal level, then yes, um, you know, I, I worked in retail up until I was 40. Um, I know you probably think I look 40 now, but you know, it was some time ago. Um, so, and, and <laughs> I've led a hard life, you know, um, but it's, uh, um, I reached that point and looked around and just thought, I've I've got everything I need here. You know, my team are working brilliantly. I'm getting great results. Um, everybody knows exactly what they're doing and they're doing it because they want to. They're not doing it because I've told them to do it. Um, and I was really proud. And then I realized I was really bored and um, I had no, no desire to move on from that point uh, within retail. So I, I made that decision that I needed to make some changes. And with that came letting go of the salary, as you've mentioned, and uh, then facing a, a few years of financial difficulty um, and accepting, being open and accepting that it will take its time. It will be um, a, one step at a time. Um, but of course, then that's when you face the other challenges that we all have inside us, such as, am I good enough? Will people listen to me? Can I actually get to a stage where I can make help people make change and then charge them for it? So you go through all those different, different stages um, until you reach a certain point. And as I mentioned, during my master practitioner um, course, when I was doing the breakthrough session, is the first time I felt genuine as a coach. 
it still took me some time after that to then get my first paying clients on board. And I remember my first client paid me 20 quid. And, um, you know, and, and that was the best 20 quid I'd ever earned at that stage. You know, I remember sitting in the car just looking at it, you know, because it wasn't the amount. It was what it represented that somebody had paid me to to help them in their journey. And it just built from there. Um, and of course, whenever you build your own business, you you become 100 percent involved in it. Um, and at times um, over the years, that has uh, been a challenge. Um, because it's constantly in your mind. I reached a point probably around the time we met two years ago um, where I started to accept that what I did wasn't a job. What I did was what I did, and people sort of recompensed me by paying me. Um, And that's how I feel now. It's speaking with you this morning, uh, working with people throughout today, um, the the uh, masterclass where Buzz going to be on working through the well for me working through the night next week a couple of weeks time in Australia being able to talk to people around the world it's not work anymore it's not work it's it, I do it because I love doing it I love helping people um, yesterday I worked with somebody online and was able to do an NLP technique parts integration um, that just presented itself in front of me and I thought well is this going to work online um, and once the two parts joined and came back together, the the release of emotion I could see in my client mm-hmm. sent shivers up my spine, you know, and, 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 and that wonderful, wonderful feeling um, that I don't call that a job. I call that just what I do. And um, thankfully, some people pay me for it as well. So. That's a gratifying job to have. Um, that's why um, you and I are both doing uh, what we do, because we love what we do. And Absolutely. basically, it's basically accepting who you are, embracing your fear, facing your fear, and um, accepting what gifts you have, uh, what you're good at. So if you have a tip for the listeners out there, what would you actually um, tell them on how to overcome their subconscious or unconscious blocks? Um, I, I think you've, you've already mentioned it, and I'll emphasize it, is, is to ensure that you're speaking to a coach, even if you are a coach um, or a therapist, to be able to get somebody to help you ask those, um, those difficult questions to help you get to the, what could be the nub of the situation. And once you've got there, um, people like ourselves trained in NLP uh, and various other tools can help you use the right tool to let go of that subconscious block. Now, whether that be, mention a few, um, the, the deepest one we both know, which is timeline therapy, uh, parts integration I've already mentioned, um, letting go of a limiting belief using submodalities. So these are all techniques that can be used to help people let go of some of those subconscious blocks. But it all starts with that conversation to be able to, to have a level of self-exploration that's prompted by a coach or a therapist to help you find um, that solution. And also be prepared to be vulnerable, be prepared to be open and honest. Um, I still, I still spend time with, um, with my good friend Bevis, who I, I have utmost respect for as a coach um, we will have conversations that will uncover something. Um, and often it's over lunch 
often it's over a beer at the end of the day or um, during a course. Um, and it goes both ways, you know. We, I'm, I'm feeling open enough to say, do you know what, I feel there's, I'm stuck here. I feel there's, I have a limiting belief around something or I feel that I'm not comfortable in this situation. Do you mind sitting down and having a chat about it? And Because we both know that there's an opportunity to explore. So be curious, be vulnerable. Ensure you've got somebody that you've got in good rapport with to have that conversation with. And particularly if you're talking with somebody who then has the training, the skills and the ability to use some of the ther um, some of the therapeutic techniques that you and I are very aware of to be able to let go of those subconscious blocks. Now, it doesn't mean to say that um, it's, it's not a case of being fixed. Uh, it never is with coaching. It's a case of being able to let go in order to you take some steps forward. And as you take some steps forward, doing and being the things that you didn't think you could be you will probably find some more so it's a continuous journey and i I'm, i certainly think that uh, for myself and i'm sure you do that actually uh, the, the difference is of course now we have the awareness to say hmm, i might need some help with that true um would you actually in in just now when you were talking you were telling me about uh, or you're telling your listeners about class integration explain briefly what parts integration is because you and I both know what it is. Mm. So explain briefly uh, what it is and what you can achieve out of uh, the parts integration once it's joined together. Sure, sure. I mean, often we'll hear conversationally and, and all the listeners will be aware, uh, they'll maybe even doing it themselves, that they'll hear people say, Do you know, a part of me would love to be able to get up on stage and just deliver a speech, but part of me is so nervous about it, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. Part of me thinks that I want to do this, and part of me thinks that. So you'll hear it in language, just people saying that there's a, an inner conflict that's going on between these parts. So the process of parts um, integration is identifying parts that are holding people back that at some point um, have become separate to the point where they're causing a block for the client. So once we've uh, once we've discovered what those parts are that's holding the client back, um, the process is is positioning the client with with hands out, palms up, so that we can then identify which which part is which on which hand. And often the client will then unconsciously um, or subconsciously know which is the unwanted part. And once we identify that, we can work on that side and we'll use a technique which, along with many um, NLP techniques, has a fancy name of hierarchy of ideas, which during our training I had to look up numerous of times because I thought it must be something complicated, but clearly it isn't. Um, so the process of chunking up to find the higher purpose of that part and once we identify what that higher purpose is so for example yesterday um, I was working with a client who said that this this part represented them being strong and professional and as we were chunking up we got to peace and joy um, so, so you know, the highest intention of that part was peace and joy. We then looked at the other side and the other side represented being out in nature and carefree and relaxed and it didn't take much to chunk up to peace and joy on that side. So now we've got the two parts at their highest level of consciousness or their higher purpose. And funnily enough, it's the same. And then the process through language is bringing the two parts together, integrating them and bringing them back as a whole. 
Um, and you'll, and I, we've both seen it numerous times that this shift in the client is huge. That 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 energy of bringing them back together so that they can make a congruent decision based on those two separate parts because now they're whole again. Yeah. So you say that part integration is basically a conversation with your conscious and your unconscious mind, so that they're in agreement with each other to bring the wholeness back into the person or the client that you are with. Absolutely. Um, obviously, there are a lot more modalities, as you said, there's sub-modalities in NLP, there's timeline therapy for an, an even deeper shift for uh, an individual when you go through it and breakthrough sessions. Now, in mm -hmm. Malaysia, breakthrough sessions can go for 48 hours and uh, it can be very, very intense and very tiring for both the coach as well as the client. Um, now, would you agree that, um, actually you did say it, you mentioned earlier that uh, programming, all of us are programmed at a very young age, um, sometimes maybe even in the womb, because we can actually start hearing conversations from the mother or from the, uh, from the outside world or mother having conversations with people that will start to influence the embryo in the womb. Um, obviously, as you come out, you will hear other stuff and other people gets uh, influence you. So it's also because about the background, how you've been brought up, the parents that you are, uh, that have brought you up, as well as the environment that you actually are growing up in. The Western way of growing up is different from the, the Eastern way of growing up. We are very, very different in that science, um, apart from the ocean. Um, we have cultural differences in how we do things. Um, and the thing is that our fears or our, um, how should I say, limitation only comes up when we are transitioning in life. Mm. When we have something new that we have to face, like for you would be transitioning from an employed full-time employee into a, a business owner. So the trepidation that you would feel from getting money all you know every month, monthly income to basically I have to own my own money. So there must be some fear. Um, and of course you would have to think one, once, twice, three times, you know, and you've got, of course, at that time a young family that you have to take care of. Mm -hmm. um, what would you suggest to people who are experiencing limit, uh, limiting beliefs or, or when they're experiencing fear uh, or phobias? What would you actually um, advise people or rather in your session to overcome the, uh, the blocks that they have? What techniques will you actually apply? Mm -hmm. um. And... Uh, let's put it another way, and um, before you even start your um, session, what do you, yeah. you know, what do you actually do yeah. first? We, um, well, as I said right at the beginning, my style of coaching is very much, as you say, um, talking before any techniques. Uh, you and I both know you don't meet someone and then 10 minutes later start a timeline therapy session. That's it. That would just be a bit odd uh, for you and the client. Um, so, so you, it, one part of NLP that that's just, for me, I, I use 
constantly and we all do but I, I, I find it fascinating is the linguistic part the language so what how your client represents the world through their language gives you so many clues as to what techniques might be most useful further down the line so um, to just to mention those techniques so I'll be thinking to myself do I need to do a, a limiting belief uh, change using submodalities if we're going through a full breakthrough, undoubtedly I'll be using timeline therapy throughout that stage. Um, so that's almost like a given with a big session uh, and parts integration, as we've mentioned. And if there is a phobia there, then we both know there's the fast phobia model that we can use to help clients overcome that 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 old pattern of a phobia. But but to take it right back to your question and, and the early stages. Um, what I'm looking for, I think, more than anything else in, in my client's language is are they using a lot of away from language or are they using towards language? Um, to explain what that is for, the, for everybody listening, so um, and you've mentioned about my transition from salaried work into full-time um, self-employed work. The transition from me from away from uh, and towards was I was um, thinking all the time in an away from style because I was thinking I want to avoid not having any money. I want to avoid the fact that I might be in debt. I want to make sure that I earn as least as much as what I was earning when I was in employment. Yeah. Um, so I was, so yeah, so I was constantly on that. So this is my, my fear. Um, I was constantly yo-yoing away feeling comfortable and then suddenly going back again. So I was going to and from the, the away from here. Um, so the transition for me, as I mentioned in Thailand, was to then turn and look towards what I wanted. And once I started planning on what I wanted in my life, the opportunities that self-employed work brings to you, uh, the, the limitless possibilities of that, um, to be able to travel, to be able to be unrestricted by being part of a bigger organisation, to do the work that I wanted to do, and all these started to form parts of my goal. So everything I was wanting from that point onwards was to lead me towards something rather than worrying about what I was fearing the other way. So, so I'm listening for that in my client. Um, and we, I say we, because we use it on the training as well as in my coaching as well. We use this all the time now. And um, to demonstrate it, uh, we, we get people up on their feet. And because uh, and last um, two weeks ago, we had a highly kinesthetic group. So people are very much more in touch with their feelings and, and uh, uh, you know, actually getting up and doing things. So we took them outside to so a beautiful autumn, September afternoon. And um, we stood them looking at the wall of the, of the training center. And we asked them to imagine that wall as being um, the wall of, uh, uh, well, I'm perhaps going to use a language we used on the day, but the wall of bad things. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, so we're looking at the wall of bad things, whatever your bad things is, whether it's debt, bad relationships, poor health, weight, whatever it is. And we asked people to take a few steps towards the wall and ask them how they were feeling. And, and then we got words like uncomfortable, disgusted, you know, really unhappy. Then we asked them to move away, still looking at the wall, but move away. And then they started telling us that they were feeling more comfortable, happier. And then we asked them to physically turn around so the wall was behind them. And just so happened, we had an apple tree in front of us. So we nicknamed it the apple tree of plenty, just keeping the humour going. 
So we said, as you look at the apple tree of plenty, what do you think and what do you see? Opportunity, um, you know, endless opportunity. And we asked people to take a, walk, a step or two towards the apple tree of plenty. And then we saw the, the plum tree of uh, prosperity in the distance and so on, you know, so it was a compelling move forward. So once, once people are using that language and understand it, then if you hear, yeah, but I'm not sure I'd be able to do it, there's a limiting belief in that, that you can then use a relative technique to. Or part of me really believes I can reach the apple tree of plenty, but part of me thinks that I'm not ready yet. Parts integration. Mm -hmm. I want to achieve it, but I just feel really guilty for the people that I'm going to leave behind. Hmm, maybe a bit of timeline therapy in there. So that initial part of helping the client explore what's holding them back leads you to the relevant technique that you'll be using further down the uh, the the coaching journey so so hopefully that answers your question in a long-winded way and mentioning uh, apple trees of plenty and, uh, and and so on so yeah it's a very interesting way of explaining um whether you know well, away from person or whether you're towards person and uh just to sum it up if a person is in away from like let's say you you were always running away from in short poverty you know you don't want to be in debt you don't want to oh, that kind of you're running away from poverty literally that's what it means and as you constantly runs run away from something what happens is you create your fear again and then you you when you reach your goal you eventually will be pulled back into your original state which is poverty state yeah. but once you start and you stop um to see what's ahead of you and become a towards person and only through realization that what you're doing is running away from and you start looking at the big picture of what you really truly want and reach for that goal you become a towards person and reaching towards running towards your goal then that is where your sustenance or sustenance is going to be because then you will actually um, reach your goal and achieve more from your goal because you're always going to be setting new goals for yourself without even having to look back about what you were what you were before yeah, yeah. And, and we often talk about because what you described there is perfect in the sense of helping the client turn to face anyway, my my example is physically was turning them to face yeah to face the apple tree uh, but of course as you're going that way a lot of clients will still feel yeah. almost like a rubber band pulling them back um, and so with the goal work that we do, it's about ensuring that that compelling future, the goal of what you want is so compelling, will be so fulfilling once I get there, that it's strong enough to snap that rubber band that's holding you onto the negative thinking of the past. And that's coming back to our main topic, and that's the unconscious looking to protect us. So our work is very much about dealing with those unconscious subconscious blocks that rep end up representing the rubber band. So the more we get, so it's a, a joint work of creating the compelling vision for the future, as well as weakening the rubber band of unconscious subconscious blocks in order to allow the client to transition to where they want to be without their past holding them back. So it's, um, so we're making it sound quite complex and lots of rubber bands and trees and stuff, but actually it's, it is a wonderful journey to take people on. It's actually not that complicated. So what the listeners, um, I suppose the listeners for now to take away from this is whether or not 
you are a person who is running away from something or whether or not you're a person who actually looks forward um, to your goals and your dreams or running towards your goals and your dreams. Which one are you? Are you the person that's running away from poverty or are you the person running towards your goal? And that is what um, creates successful person or successful business or successful um, personal, your success in your personal life. Um, I think we have been talking for, I can't remember, I don't know the time. <laughs> um, it's still recording and it's now 5.20. So we, we started a little bit late um, because I was fiddling around with some stuff. Um, so for those who, is there anything else you would like to say before we end this recording or this session? Um, just a, just a couple of things, really. One um, is certainly we've, we mentioned motivational maps at the beginning, so I just want to briefly mention those as a tool I use and um, I trained yourself in in using them now. And uh, uh, it's a it's a really nice ten minute questionnaire online to help clients discover what motivates them at, uh, at a deeper level. And, and I use it with all my coaching clients, as well as in the corporate world, in the teams that I, I work with. Uh, because once we're able to articulate what motivates us, we're also then able to decide or find out how well we're being fulfilled in that area at the moment. So if it's about freedom and autonomy, but we feel stuck, then that motivator is not going to be satisfied. So if we're setting goals and aspirations that increase freedom, then we're moving in the right way. If we're setting goals that don't include freedom in them, then the chances of that happening are very slim. So I use motivational maps to help me um, uncover what my client is really looking for. Um, so so that's, that's a really useful tool that I use alongside our NLP techniques that we've mentioned already. Um, and with with my business, um, I'm, I'm looking, as we all are at the moment, of doing an awful lot more online work, as well as in person here in the UK. Um, so I'd be delighted to make contact with anybody who wants to have a conversation um, about NLP techniques, subconscious blocks, um, or the motivational maps. So, so I'm here and happy to, to speak to anybody who that. Um, if you, any one of the listeners would like to actually have a coaching session with Paul, um, whether you're in the UK or whether you're based overseas, you can actually, um, what, contact Paul through his website, which is www.lighttopcoaching.com. Correct. Yeah, yeah, there's a, an opportunity to contact me via the website. Um, you can obviously find me on LinkedIn as well, um, or Facebook um, or through yourself, Irene, for that matter. Um, and I offer a, a, a complimentary 30-minute session with anybody who wants to get in contact with me. Um, because as, as we both know, we are trained in the same techniques. We are very different people. We, are, um, we have our own backgrounds. And therefore, we'll attract certain clients. And I'm, I'm a, a huge advocate of, of ensuring that the client picks the right coach. And actually, the other way around, the coach picks the right client because it's in, in order about making sure that two people are able to build rapport and trust very quickly so we can then get on with the work in front of us um, so that 30 minute complimentary session I provide is to answer questions about what's available from a technical point of view but an opportunity if I if I feel I can build rapport with somebody in 30 minutes and they with me then we can do what we need to do so that's why I put that in there I'm sure you do the same sort of thing 
I, yes, yeah, I do. Um, the thing about a 30 minute uh, consultation I need to point out is that Paul does only Zoom online 30 minute free consultation. Um, face to face would actually be a full session. Your full session yeah. one is a personal or whether it's online. Um, I don't know how long we run it, what, an hour, an hour and a half? Um, well, it, it, as I said at the beginning, very much client-led. So I do do, I think a, a lot of us as coaches love the face-to-face -face interaction in person, um, but needs must. Um, I've discovered that actually a lot of the techniques we use and my coaching is very effective online. So I've taken a lot of my coaching online now. Um, so, so it just depends. I, if I'm doing an online session, I tend to not go longer than 90 minutes to two hours, just simply because it, it's exhausting staring at a screen for, for coach and client. Um, so I'll do more shorter sessions in person. As you've mentioned, a breakthrough session could be a whole day, two days if necessary, or three hour sessions over a period of time. Um, essentially, there's no one size fits all um it's adaptable okay um so if anybody who wants you do trainings as well and you actually had a, uh, a group training uh, yep. in the uk so anybody who's based in the uk who would love to actually um get a diploma or have a basic uh, nlp training go to magenta coachings uh, is yep. it magenta coachings and blacktop um, well, I, I work as a lead trainer with uh, Magenta Coaching. So they're Magenta Coaching Solutions, their website, magentacs.com. Um, um, there's availability, some online webinars for introductory um, first steps in NLP, as well as the diploma. Um, and yes, in the UK, we are now taking bookings for our January NLP practitioner course, as well as if there's anybody out there who's already done their practitioner course, we have a master practitioner course coming up next April as well. Um, and I'm also uh, very keen um, still to work with you, Irene, and come across back over to Malaysia. And when the time is right from a um, flying point of view um, and deliver some trainings over there, which would be lovely. Yeah, that would, that would be great. But great to see you again um, and have a few beers. <laughs> Well, I'll just have a Coke. You're the one who drink all the beers. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you, Paul, for joining um, this morning, your time. It's late afternoon here. Sure. Um, and um, we'll catch up again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. How do I stop recording now?